Welcome to the Phase World Podcast. Engaging conversations that cross the boundaries between business, art, and the digital world. Welcome back to episode two of the Phase World Podcast. Since releasing episode one just about a week ago, I received some really good feedback from friends, co-workers, and those of you who stumbled upon my blog online via iTunes and Stitcher. Please know that hearing from you means a lot to me. And seeing 76 unique shares out of Facebook from my blog really encouraged me to keep going. I feel flattered knowing that most of you listen to NPR, Fresh Air, This American Life, Freakonomics, and added my podcast in the mix. So today on Phase World Podcast, you have a very special guest waiting for you. His name is Josh Green. Josh helps create digital experiences and the organizational changes to realize them. So what does that mean? In part one of my discussion with Josh, he will break down these concepts for you. Furthermore, he dives into the world of digital strategy, including the curious questions such as how and when was digital appended to general strategy. Josh also offers advice for people fresh out of school or experienced people who are willing to consider digital strategy as a new career path. The best part of all this is that Josh has a serious Australian accent. I hope that alone will make your time well spent. With a background in consulting and the academy, Josh believes nothing is as complex as a simple solution and that small ball wins. Josh has earned a PhD in media studies from MIT, writing 300 odd pages about Dawson's Creek and Australian television. He is a fan of home cooking and mass transit. Please welcome Josh Green. To my podcast, Face World Podcast, and uh, I've already given our audience an intro of you. Fantastic. Great. But I would still like you to actually introduce yourself in your own words so they could actually hear in your own voice for a couple of minutes if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, my name is Joshua Green. I um, do strategy here at Arnold. Um, I... Um, work in advertising now, which is kind of an interesting experience for me because I started my career um, as an academic. Um, I used to do a lot of work about the changing nature of uh, media distribution and consumption patterns and the implication of digital technologies on how we understood practices of viewing and the way that we were responding as audiences and content creators and um, industrial structures and regulatory bodies. Um, but I stopped doing that a couple of years ago and um, moved into management consulting, which was fun for a while. And now here I am working uh, in advertising. Um, I have a very thick Australian accent, um, <laughs> so that's fun. And um, I like uh, home cooking and mass transit. Those are two of my favorite things. I, I saw that on your LinkedIn profile, start cracking up. I mean, I understand the first one, but, but mass transit. Like, oh yeah. my God, mass transit, mass transit is amazing. So I grew up in a satellite city, a small town called Ipswich, which was once a mining town, mm -hmm. as many towns called Ipswich are. 
Um, anyways, anyway, Ipswich is 45 minutes outside of the Big Smoke, major city, uh, Brisbane, the capital of Queensland. And it was uh, a product of urban sprawl. It was very suburban, small, central business district. Um, I spent a lot of time riding my bicycle around and then later, you know, driving cars around. And the way that we got around in this small, crappy little town that I grew up in was that we drove cars everywhere. Um, so for me, one of the markers of a big city, which I was always fascinated by, was a mass transit system. So, you know, we had commuter rail trains, um, but even in, in, in Brisbane, Brisbane is, is a, a large, expansive uh, city. Um, but it's a city that grew up in an era when the world moved a little slower um, and when population density was, was lower. It's only been the last 15 years that the population density in Brisbane um, has increased sufficient enough to justify mm -hmm. the development of significant uh, public transit infrastructure. They haven't had a bus system, but they don't have, um, you know, they don't have a subway, they don't have light rail, a little bit of light rail, those sorts of things. Um, anyway, so for me, one of the markers of a big city and the excitement of like a real town <laughs> was always a mass transit system. And um, <laughs> one of my favorite mass transit systems is, of course, the um, New York, uh, the, the subway in, in New York City. But <laughs> I like the subway here in, in Boston. I love the MBTA, you know, first, first subway in the country. Um, but I like mass transit systems. And I like mass transit systems because they represent, like, the excitement of a big city. They represent modernity, which I had this really complex relationship with, and think at the same time, they are a fascinating way to understand transiting through space, moving populations, mm -hmm. where you exist and how your existence can be defined by the environment in which you live, how you shape the environment around you. You know, there's a real sense of mastery to being able to use a mass transit system, mm -hmm. especially one um, that has a complex network like the subway in New York. You know, mm -hmm. one of the challenges of mass transit systems, I think, for, for certain populations, are that they are the only option. So if all you have is a single bus from your house into town or where <laughs> you work, right, I mean, that's a, you know, that's, that's a difficult way for you to get around. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are, say, traversing a small, densely populated stretch of land um, like uh, Manhattan, um, or, you know, a slightly larger but still densely populated stretch of land um, like, uh, say, New York City, being able to um, uh, successfully navigate on the subway system mm -hmm. is an exercise in understanding how the city operates, right? Mm -hmm. Knowing which trains go from A to B, understanding where you can, like where the junction points are, you know, where you should be. A friend of mine, Jim, loves to talk about the pre-walk. Like when we would, uh, when he and I worked in, in New York together, we would always, uh, sometimes we would commute home together um, and we both had the same pre-walk in that we both walked to the same spot on the platform in order to board the right carriage so that when it pulled up, it was next to the stairs that we needed to get out on when we wanted to go to our respective stops. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's a certain degree of mastery, I think, to being able to navigate a system, you know, like that, to being confident, it gives you control over the city and the space, um, as well as just the sheer joy of all of the complex analog and digital machinery that makes all of that work. Mm -hmm. um, if you go to Union Square, 
um, in, in New York and you're riding the four train, the platform is actually on a curve. And so they have these bits of platform that extend out in order to make sure that you don't fall down the gap. Like stuff like that just gets the little boy inside of me super excited. It's the closest thing we have to giant battling robots. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you said all that because you, I think you're very close to answering the next question, which I'm going to let you know anyway. Um, because my next question is actually related to digital strategy. Okay. And I f have a sense that as the podcast continues to grow, I uh, have more audience who subscribe to it. I think we'll self-identify it to potentially, this is all assumption, people are very interested in sort of digital strategy, right. advertising, and, right. and all that. But assume for now that there's like half of our audience aren't quite clear on what digital strategy even is. I love the story because you already started to like uh, you know, touch upon sure. the, the, the way, I really like the way you think, like okay. patterns of your thinking, which I think it's very unique right. from uh, given your background, which we're going to kind of mm -hmm. drill in a little bit more. So if you don't mind providing sort of a, uh, not a generalization, but sort mm -hmm. of your interpretation sure. for what digital strategy sure. is. So, digital strategy is like asking what chocolate ice cream is, right? In order to understand what chocolate ice cream is, you need to know what ice cream is, right? <laughs> so, um, so ice cream in this instance uh, is made from a custard. No, ice cream in this instance is this is this activity called strategy, you know, and and strategy is a function. You know, we talk about it as if it's a role, but really it's a thing that we do, and it's a um, it is a planning and vision function, right? So strategy is about understanding, um, determining uh, how you need to achieve the objectives that lay before you, right? It um, requires you to build some models perhaps or understand the outcomes that you're trying to achieve and then to determine um, what are the best ways in order for you to get from the point that you're at right now to the point that you'd like to be. So strategy grows itself, so strategy as a discipline grows out of um, uh, the emergence of consulting in the 1950s and 60s, 60s and 70s. So, um, the growth of, of BCG, Bain and, and McKinsey really brings us to the, the emergence of, of business strategy, which is this proposition that you need to pay attention to market forces um, rather than just uh, you know, continuing to do the things that are making you profits. Um, you know, strategy grows out of this notion that you as a business owner um, will not be able to uh, see all of the things that will potentially um, cause you challenges in the future and so you need to um, uh, start to imagine potential futures, um, determine ways in which you would like your business to, to grow um, and to, to focus on ways to confront those, uh, uh, those futures. Um, so strategy becomes this discipline of plan building, if you like, um, of understanding um, what the potential transitions, challenges, obstacles um, and successes uh, you're going to face in the future might be um, to determine where you would like to end up at a certain future point um, and then to you know construct a, a set of plans in order to get there. Um, I use the word planning but it's not planning the way that we think about you know brand planning, comms planning, media planning or anything like that. 
um, you know, it's not economic planning, it's not business planning. Strategy is more about determining um, the activities that you need to take, not sequencing them up and looking at the minutiae of the day-to-day -day factors. So broadly, I realized that was a tumbling kind of definition. So strategy is the act of, you know, working out how to get from, from A to B and overcoming the obstacles in the way. Um, it is the act of determining where your business would like to end up and what it needs to do in order to realize those objectives. Um, when we talk about digital strategy, that's where we talk about chocolate ice cream. So, you know, digital strategy is just a particular flavor of strategy. Um, and like many other parts of the, of the, 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 the business and media world, um, and in fact, culture at large, you know, the last 25 to 30 years has been defined but one of the defining factors of the last 25 to 30 years has been the uh, appending or the addition of the word digital to a whole range of things in order to try and mark them out as somewhat different from what came before them, right? So, you know, we talk about digital television, um, although that is distinct from analog TV, right? Analog TV being um, the use of analog um, uh, radio waves to broadcast television signals. Um, digital TV being a construction of a digital signal that is then broadcast um, out to sets. You know, we talk about digital advertising being the leveraging of digital platforms for ad advertising purposes, right? But at the end of the day, how is it different from advertising generally? Um, well, it's just a you know, it's another form, it's another type. So digital strategy, um, you know, is a particular uh, focus, if you like, for strategic activities that looks specifically at how we can take advantage of digital tools or respond to changes within the emerging digital landscape um, in order to sort of plan out our next steps. That is a fantastic answer. I am, I am really just kind of laughing at myself right now. To my audience, we have not rehearsed this. But <laughs> the funny thing is I had a sequence of questions. Oh, how is digital strategy different from the general strategy? And then you actually answered like two more questions, which is wonderful. Um, I find this conversation to be very fascinating because Bob Goodman, one of our senior UX designers, sent uh, to us, I think there were 20 people on that email thread, mm -hmm. a deck, a mm -hmm. presentation, mm -hmm. to people who don't know what a deck is, mm -hmm. um, of you, and I think it's, I think it was titled Josh Green, Digital Strategist. Ah, yes, I made that to explain what it was I do for the agency. Fantastic. Uh, I was wondering if I could leverage that, if yeah. I could, you know, maybe save it on the yeah, uh, my website and yeah, yeah, reference yeah. as yeah, part of the podcast. Not a problem. Fantastic. And I also love the fact that, you know, I remember my earlier conversation with Caleb, who is uh, sort of, he said, I'm really turned off when people ask me to kind of like say, what is my title and sort of labeling me in such a way. And I do this, I don't do that. Because as we all know, Caleb kind of does a whole array of things. Kind of expansive in his capabilities. <laughs> exactly right. And um, I, but I also love the fact that you are very clear on who you are, what you do, mm -hmm. and be very comfortable. That's kind of my my take on that, reading that presentation, mm -hmm. and I love how it was uh, beautifully constructed, mm -hmm. very um, kind of a simple, you know, mm -hmm. vector approach, black and white, mm -hmm. and I actually read through the whole thing, and for someone like me being in the industry for about eight years, right, oftentimes, especially working in a bigger agency where there are hundreds of departments, I got confused. What, what do you do? Who are you again? Like, what is the sequence of mm -hmm. things? Uh, you explained it very well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so. 
I was wondering, you're you're young. I mean, you know, uh, Josh, you're 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 young, and uh, but obviously we we both have more experience than somebody who's fresh out of school. And mm -hmm. you are in a position, if I were to mention, you know, digital strategist versus my role project manager. I mean, I would assume eighty percent of the general population will find your position to be way more compelling. Oh, you know, like, come come. <laughs> yeah, seriously, the call. I could imagine people very early, or even early on in their career. To, to ask you the question, sure. what does it take to be a strategist or a digital strategist? Right. Um, furthermore, I think one of the struggles is that what you do, mm -hmm. based on what you just said, um, it, I think your role kind of thrives on knowledge, mm -hmm. experience, mm -hmm. very much of that may be intimidating mm -hmm. to people who are kind of new to their career. Sort mm -hmm. of what's your take on yeah. that? Um, I think, um, so strategy as I practice it, so for whatever that's worth. <laughs> so humble. Um, strategy as I practice it is fundamentally about problem solving. Um, and I think one of the keys to being a good strategist within within an agency context, right? Because, you know, there are, there are different types of, of uh, scenarios in which you will encounter people who do something called strategy. Um, but I think, I think in an agency context, um, uh, one of the best things, what, so what are the skills that we're needed, that are needed? Let me just re, okay, here we go. So, um, I think that, uh, how do you be a good strategist? So I think that you need to focus on problem solving. Mm -hmm. I think that you need to um, think outside of the trappings of the agency. So I don't know that it would be possible for someone to get an entry level job as a strategist, quote okay. unquote, and grow up to be a good one. Mm -hmm. um, because I think in order to be a good strategist, you need to have done things other than just worked within an agency. Um, and I say that because um, many of the ways in which we do things within the agency um, are very curious and one would say dumb and that's true of any organization right any organization has um, a set of behaviors and, and, and logics um, that at times it can have trouble thinking outside of and one of the key things to doing good strategy is being able to think outside of the current frames so you know part, part of what you need to focus on when you're doing strategy is the outcome that you want to achieve often the reason you can't achieve that outcome if indeed you can define what it is so let's assume that you define what that outcome is the reason you can't achieve that outcome is because you don't have the right tools you need to recognize that the tools that you have right now are not the only tools there is nothing natural about the formation of an advertising agency or indeed of any corporation in the world, any corporate structure, and I would dare say any organizational structure, right? There are very few things which are natural, which is to say nothing needs be the way that it is right now. We can find different ways to do things. And part of the role of strategy is to determine how best you can do something. Now, yes, you need to sometimes play with the tools that you have, right? We can't say, hey, I really wish this ice cream was a margarita, right? And then magically have it become margarita, <laughs> right? You cannot make an ice cream into a margarita. Even if you can freeze a margarita, that's not ice cream. Um, which is to say, you know, you have to work with some of the ingredients that, you know, that you have, but you, you know, those ingredients, you know, may not be the only ones. Those ingredients may not be, 
you know, the right ones. Mm -hmm. And you need to be able to look beyond the set that you have. So if we say we really want to be a margarita right now with <laughs> ice cream, what we might need to do is, I don't know, invent ice cream flavored margaritas. I have no idea how we're going to do that, but that's a whole set of jobs. By saying we are ice cream, we'd like to be margarita, but we can only work with eggs and milk and ice and a uh, mixer and that other stuff they put into the help solidify and like the machine they have on top chef. You know, like those, are, those tools are, and ingredients are only ever going to create ice cream. So, you know, if you want to do, be something else, if you want to achieve some goal, then you need to, you know, be able to think beyond those, those, uh, the tools that you have. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would say that, that you know, the key at doing good strategy is having done something else. Um, and that's in part because, uh, you know, the more other things you do, you know, the fresher perspectives you learn, but also the more you realize that the world doesn't have to be the way that it is right now. Mm -hmm. And that helps you confront disruption. It helps you become adaptive. It helps you, you know, find new ways. It also, you know, means that you don't see the ways that things are right now as necessarily predetermined or the only way that things can be achieved. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the first thing that I would say, right? Do something else. Um, be better at your job. Now, um, do something else. Um, I think the second thing that I would say is that if you want to be a good digital strategist, you need to know about how business is done. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, that's true of any strategist. I think that I think that all strategy needs to be focused on delivering upon business outcomes. Um, if it's you know if it's not um, focused on driving business value, if it's not focused on um, achieving the objectives of the overall business, then it ends up being a little self-serving. It's very easy to make plans mm -hmm. that make it easy for us to make ads within the agency context. Mm -hmm. But what say the solution to the problem isn't a set of ads, mm -hmm. right? What say the solution to the problem actually is like fire your ad agency. I think as a strategist, you need to say, okay, well, this is, you know, these are, you know, in order to achieve these objectives, this is the way forward. You need to dump your ad agency, take on capabilities internally, and, you know, and act in that manner. Mm -hmm. Well, that's kind of, I mean, that that's a, it is a confronting recommendation. I have no idea if that's a recommendation. Well, I actually made that recommendation before, but, <laughs> um, you know, so, and so, you know, you, you need, I suppose, to be focused on what's best for the business. Which means you need to understand how business operates. You need to think about all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I think the third thing I would say is that, and this is, I suppose, if you're interested in becoming a digital strategist, is that you need to have an expansive view of what constitutes digital. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think a lot about digital. I think a lot about user experiences. I think a lot about customer experiences. I think a lot about business models. Um, I think a lot about what it, what it is to be an audience. Um, I think about reading and how enjoyable reading is. I think about how enjoyable looking at things are. I think about how enjoyable navigating environments can be. You know, none of that is thinking about like digital stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a rudimentary knowledge of a whole bunch of digital things, right? I, like I, I, I know you know, a little bit of coding, and I know devices, and I know protocols, and I can talk about mm -hmm. how you develop digital products. But in order to properly be, I think, a digital strategist, mm -hmm. you need to think about all of the, and be immersed in all of the things that digital actually does. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is that, you know, it, digital is about a set of tools, it's about utility, mm -hmm. um, it's about control. You know, digital provides us with um, tactility, so uh, where previous uh, mediums 
Um, we think particularly broadcast mediums, um, and I would include static advertising in this. Um, so printed word, um, uh, out of home materials, uh, broadcast media, both radio and television, you know, those are not particularly plastic, right? They, 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 they're, they're relatively fixed when you receive them. You know, yes, we do a lot of meaning making and we can choose to read things in different ways, you know, but there's not a lot of things that we can do within those mediums themselves, right? Mm -hmm. You can recut audio, you can recut video, um, you can um, you know, physically cut print materials, you can write your own print materials, you know, but in terms of actually manipulating the artifacts within the medium in which they were delivered, you know, it's pretty much a one-way street. When we look at, 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 at digital, on the other hand, it's very easy for us to um, actually take the physical artifacts themselves, so take the website, the components of the website, or you know, pieces of an application, or whatever it might be, um, break them apart and reconstitute them in such a way that they look, function, and feel a lot like the original thing, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can remake something which is digital and redistribute it in a format um, that is as seamless as the format in which you got it in mm -hmm. the first place, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that I, I think that, that tactility, mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that the, the extent to which um, we can and do change and expect to be able to manipulate and take action with digital tools, mm -hmm. um, you know, means that we're focused on uh, what it is to actually engage with and interact with, you know, mm -hmm. with, with, with the communications mediums um, and also with sort of the texture of the world around us. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot about that, you know, mm -hmm. I think a lot about the fact that the drive towards automation that has come about in the last 30 to 40 years with the emergence of, you know, we think about touch dial phones, you think about phone trees, customer service, self-service, automation, ATMs, all those sorts of things, you know, that's all a drive to make us the customer into a set of users, you mm -hmm. know, who are expected to navigate complex systems without a guide. Mm -hmm. um, I think digital has accelerated that and we see, you know, increasingly with things like click to chat, but also forums for support. If you think about what it, what it is to like try and fix uh, a piece of technology these days, mm -hmm. it often involves going onto the internet and um, searching for the problem or the solution mm -hmm. and then finding, mm -hmm. you know, a discussion or a blog or a video that somebody who may not be the manufacturer, in fact, who incredibly likely is not the manufacturer, right? Mm -hmm. The wonderful crowds that, you know, surround and support us, they are the ones who provide us with the solutions and then you don't take it in for servicing the way you mm -hmm. used to with a television, mm -hmm. you know, you just try and fix it yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes that doesn't work and so you have to go off and get some assistance, but oftentimes that does. And it's so true. Like you just reminded me of like, you know, uh, the massive success of Stack Overflow. Right. You know, like oh, Stack, Stack Overflow, GitHub, Stack Exchange, Quora. We talk about Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. You know, we can talk about any discussion from Apple's discussion forums are fascinating mm -hmm. because there is a company <laughs> that has actively tried to uh, hermetically seal its products, yeah. and yet you can, within the ecosphere of Apple, uh -huh. find solutions for the very products they're the, trying to oh like lock God. up from you. <laughs> this is so true. I, I, every time, I mean, I, we are severely like sort of indexed on uh, Macs, you know, right. anything in the agency, we are all using Macs, your designers, non-designers. Um, but 
what I find fascinating is we constantly run into issues and I call help desk mm -hmm. directly. Mm -hmm. And whenever I stumble upon an Apple sort of community forum, mm -hmm. there's no problem that's being solved. I mean, usually you see, you read the issue 13 threads later, there's no solution. Right, right, And right. it's so funny now I think about it. Uh, thanks for bringing it up. And honestly, there was like 200 questions in my cum sure. accumulated in my, in my brain just now. One of the things I find fascinating, um, it's kind of going back to almost like something you mentioned five minutes ago, was uh, how, you know, you mentioned that you like to sort of, you didn't use the word condition, mm -hmm. but um, I wonder how do you condition yourself mm -hmm. uh, to become even more sort of more intelligent, more conditioned mm -hmm. when it comes to sort of the, the digital world and to suit your, your job or mm -hmm. possibly decisions and your life outside of work right. as well. I mean, that's lightly touching upon sort of what your daily routine, what is your day like, what sure. are some of the blogs you read? Do you sure. block out any time, right? Like sure. I see most of the most of the people come to work, they just work, go yeah. to meetings. I mean, do you carve out a certain period right. of your day, right. uh, go to conferences and things yeah. along right. that line? Um, a couple of things to start with, I suppose. Um, I believe very much that all things in life ebb and flow. Um, and so there have been periods in my life of intense study and periods in my life of <laughs> absolutely no study. Um, I am probably right now about to uh, turn the corner into a period of intense study. Mm. Um, so, you know, what has happened is that I haven't, I have not, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have regular good reading habits, right? Mm. I, um, uh, I often do a bit of catch as catch can, but anyway, so that's just a little, so, um, so yes, you know, I start, I start every single day by reading Metafilter, which, um, is and remains, um, the greatest, uh, community forum on the internet, Cora be damned. Um, so, uh, I spend every morning, uh, I begin the day by reading Metafilter and the curious thing about Metafilter is that it is a group blog, mm -hmm. right? Where anyone can, can write a, uh, an article, mm -hmm. uh, and it has a form, it has a form and I really like the form, mm -hmm. you know, it's often link, link heavy, mm -hmm. um, uh, they encourage the writing of, of sort of short paragraph style posts. Um, with links that point you to direct things, um, you know, rather than just sort of here's a link and something interesting. Um, but what I find often about Metafilter is that increasingly I read fewer and fewer of the linked articles and more and more of the discussion and commentary um, mm. about them, you know, and that's in part because Metafilter is a, it's a, it's a successful um, uh, community, online community. They're struggling a little around monetization because some changes to the way that Google indexes the page kind of dinged their ad views. <laughs> but um, you know, but they they, they they have active moderators and a real community-based moderation policy that works. And so anyway, it's a community that I like, and so I enjoy that. I spend so I spend the morning. Uh, the first thing I do in the morning um, as I have my breakfast is I like to read Metafilter. <laughs> um, I then like to find out what long-form articles have popped up on Medium. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, hopefully I will ride my bicycle to work and, um, often, um, uh, on the way to work, especially if I'm on the bus, um, I like to do a little bit of podcasting. Oh, yes. Um, so there are a number of quite <laughs> enjoyable podcasts that I like to soak in. Um, um name a few, name a one? few. Um, there's one called future tense. 
um, which is from the uh, Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Um, I like This American Life because I'm a nerd. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I like to listen to, there's a, a British program called the Infinite Monkey Cage, um, <laughs> which is about physics. Um, there's an Australian news program called Background Briefing, which is investigative reporting. Um, there are a couple of media-related podcasts that I enjoy a whole lot. Um, and a few other bits and pieces. Mm. I'm really enjoying Serial right now, um, which is a spin-off of This American Life, and it's very interesting mm. when we think about um, the future state of investigative, or the contemporary state of investigative reporting, podcasting, radio, and mm. journalism, and all of that. I have to get on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I'll do some work. Um, <laughs> and then often of the afternoon, um, I will read things which interest me, and then I like to read fiction of an evening. Very um, nice. So there you go. That's what my day looks like. <laughs> so, and I read a lot of Reddit. <laughs> a lot of Reddit? Reddit. A lot of Reddit. Nice, nice. I'm going to include some of the recommend sure. recommendations uh, in the show notes as well. Sure. To take pretty seriously. And I love the fact that you mentioned reading a lot. Mm -hmm. We're listening. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, multiple sort of channels to kind of um, really get your hands on, you know, knowledge base. And some of these mentioned, you know, I wouldn't argue, like I would argue they're not so tightly related to digital strategy, no, to what we do. Back to your point of let's, you know, yeah. could be a hodgepodge, but you might be able to surprise See, yourself. You know, and yet, and yet the way that, you know, the curatorial current moment that we're living in, um, the way that it, it, it works is that, you know, a lot of what I read on Medium are articles written by or referred by friends of mine about design or strategy or UX or customer experiences. You know, I like to trawl through Forrester's um, customer experience sort of stuff. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I swim a lot in the world of lean startup, agile methodology, agile business, mm -hmm. lean business, agile, <laughs> agile business company, disrupt, disrupt, buzzword, buzzword, um, which I find kind of tiring, I will admit, because um, I had to stop reading TechCrunch a little while ago because I it, was, it felt like we were constantly locked in the hype cycle. Um, you know, but I, you know, so I do read a Re relatively regularly about about startupy things, mm -hmm. and that keeps you close to the digital business side of things. Um, I think if you want to be a good uh, digital strategist, you need to understand design. And I'm a terrible designer; I have zero artistic bones in my body. But you know, I like to read about design. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, design is uh, one of the most crucial things at the moment, right? When we think about um, uh, the the significant tools that we have to help people navigate the world, mm -hmm. uh, you know, design is becoming increasingly important as we have you know, more and more um, products and more and more tools are being created that ask and expect us to respond or interact mm -hmm. with them. Um, you know, increasingly design decisions, uh, you know, are helping to shape the logics of, of you know, uh, the way that we interface with technologies. Mm -hmm. Think about the hamburger button, mm -hmm. right? You know, the invention of the hamburger, you know, I mean, I, I, I do not know what its history is, although I did read once about the history of the hamburger, but it's completely gone out of my brain. Um, you know, but like it's, you know, that is a convention now, mm -hmm. but at mm -hmm. some point somebody had to, to develop that as a solution to a problem. And it's now become fixed and standard and, you know, we are still, uh, I think, at a period of rapidly evolving um, uh, 
uh, how you can interact with uh, screens mm -hmm. and with digital tools. And so I don't, you know, I think we're still rapidly creating, you know, the, the, the conventions. Um, you know, pull down to refresh, um, you know, was an invention um, of a single app, you know, developer um, uh, sometime in 2006, I, I think at seven, I think it was, after the release of the first iPhone. Mm -hmm. You know, so soon after it was released, we needed a whole new set of logics, right? A whole new set of language, um, uh, and uh, and a whole so a whole new literacy to understand how to interact with you know these touchscreen devices, and we're still mm -hmm. developing that. And so mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think you need to understand design principles of design, but also the impact significance of design. What design mm -hmm. can do? What good design is? What contemporary design trends are? Mm -hmm. You know, I think. Um, uh, I think those are, are as important for being a digital strategist as understanding, you know, startups and mm. lean software development and, uh, you know, mobile first platform creation and all that kind mm -hmm. of other jargony stuff that we talk about. Mm -hmm. Disruption. And, mm -hmm. anyway. I think curiosity is sort of a theme here yes. as well. Right? Love being curious. <laughs> yeah, I think that's super important. I remember that also in my 20s, like, uh, kind of, always fear that I didn't know what I didn't know right. versus now I sort of know, I sort of getting to the I know what I don't know right. part and it's almost like what a relief um, and to be able to admit that and still kind of soak mm. myself in mm. to many of the channels you, mm. you mentioned. I list my personal favorite podcasts are, you know, one of them being the, the Tim Ferriss mm. guy who created the four hour work week and yeah, James yeah. Altucher. Um, so, so it's, it's really fascinating. So I was wondering, if I, if someone, one of, you know, one or many of uh, our audience wants to kind of live in your brain and kind of follow you around a little bit, mm -hmm. where would you, where should they find you? Twitter? I mean, what are some of the channels where you kind of share wow. your knowledge? So, um, remember I mentioned that I was on the cusp of, so I've been really bad lately. I haven't written, I haven't written anything significant in <laughs> Six months, seven months. Um, so I, I gave up. I, I abandoned Facebook years ago, um, many, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and I abandoned Twitter for the same reason about two years ago. Um, I find the signal-to-noise ratio there. I, I have this theory about. Um, I have this theory about social networking platforms that once they reach a tipping point, um, their ability to provide meaningful interactions declines um, exponentially. And so I think that the greatest challenge, and, and we've seen Facebook twist itself into knots in trying to sort of to sort of get this right, is that once you get mass appeal, and Twitter suffers from the same problem, mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it is too onerous for users to filter their feeds in order to mm. get the information that they want and so as a result value declines. So we've seen, if you think about the ways that Facebook has been tweaking their algorithm um, for what gets displayed in the news feed and percentage of fans and all of that sort of stuff, all of that is an attempt to keep utility high mm -hmm. um, in an environment where there is more and more noise. Anyway, all of which is to say I gave up on social networking because the noise, mm. signal-to-noise ratio was, was off. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm mostly interested in right now, and, um, and I'm about to embark on a new project um, soon, mm -hmm. um, and I think that, that 
what I find fascinating right now is uh, medium as a platform mm. because it forces us to think about writing mm -hmm. and long form like writing. Yeah. Um, also, it provides inline inline comments, which are amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, you know, I, I I'm, I'm fascinated by the ability to you know to do long form writing at, at medium, um, and I think that that Gorka's Kinja platform. You know, despite the recent problems they had with you know regulating comments and um, which is, to be honest, more of a problem with the, uh, um, the, 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 the nature of terrible people on the internet. But anyway, mm, um, yeah. you know, Go you know, Gorka's challenge is regulating comments aside. I think that Kinja is a fascinating platform for, um, opening up, uh, publishing and, and, and blogging. It's okay. such a flexible platform. How does spell Kinja? K-I-N-J-A. Okay. Great. Um, so yeah, so I don't know if you wanted to follow me around, you'd have a difficult time right, right now, now because I'm not yeah. particularly public. Um, if you wanted to do the things that I do, however, um, I very inc I, you know, encourage people to indulge themselves um, at least once a week, uh, chasing a rabbit hole on Wikipedia, because getting into Wikipedia is just so fascinating. To listen to more episodes of the Face World podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or visit faceworld.com. That is F E I S W O R L D, where you can find show notes, links, and other tools and resources. You can also follow me on Twitter at Face World. Until next time, thanks for listening.